Hello. You are watching the Lenovo Street video series on the theology of the body. In this video, we are examining audience 27. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Haasader. And I'm Guillermo Moreno. All right. So what we're going to do in this audience is it's really um it's really i guess just first observations about the text of genesis chapter three um in the previous audience we introduced the concept of the concupiscence and so we are going to start developing what is what does this concept mean we know that it arrives with genesis chapter 3 verse 6 and so let's begin by recalling this verse quote then the eyes of both were opened and they realized that they were naked they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths end quote now if i recall from the previous audience the text of this verse here is connecting itself with Genesis 2, verse 25, which states that the first man and first woman were naked, but did not feel shame. So here we can see an, the obvious effect of naked or of shame is that they real, have this realization of being naked and made clothes. And we're going to have to examine that much more detail than just leaving a simplistic statement at that level, because that would really fail to capture what is truly going on. This text here describes a reciprocal shame of the man and the woman. They both have this opening of the eyes and this realization, and they both made clothes. And this experience shakes both the man and woman down to the foundation of their existence. It shakes them down to their inner core. So moving on, verse 8. So let's, we'll read the verse again. Um, Guillermo, would you like to read this time? Yes. Quote, Then they heard the sound of the Lord God who was walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves among the trees of the garden from the presence of the Lord God, end quote. So the first man, first woman, they hid themselves. This need to hide reveals the depth of shame before each other as an immediate fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We have this fear of God appearing for the first time. This fear of God was unknown in the state of original innocence. That is to say, the state of the first man, first woman before original sin, before they ate the fruit. And so we can note then that with shame, there is a kind of fear that belongs to the essence of shame. And this shame is a shame over their nakedness, but we can't say it's strictly over the fact that they're naked, but rather what JP2 points out is that this shame has a deep cause, and one of the effects of that cause is that they made 
cloths and covered themselves. That is an effect of this deeper cause. And we're going to have to figure out what that cause is. So nakedness now reveals man's deprivation of his participation in the gift and his alienation from love. Before, in original innocence, before Adam and Eve fell, their nakedness participated fully in the mystery of creation. But now that man has disobeyed God, there's something that has been lost in the in nakedness itself. And nakedness has to be hidden. There's a shame. There's this fear. And so you get this alienation now. Guillermo, did you have anything yes. you'd like to add? Not yet. All right. Sounds like there's something coming then. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll be on the edge of my seat until you speak up. <laughs> All right. Now, footnote 44 gives us some dogmas concerning the first man, first woman, and these are good things that all of us should keep in mind. So the first couple were given supernatural and preternatural gifts before the fall. These included innocence, free will, integrity, before the fall, the first man, first woman were free of the necessity of death. So they did not experience death. Death is something that came after they disobeyed God. And these were all gifts that were gratuitous. They were unmerited. They're not something that was owed to man. They're just free gifts from God. Sin then led to the loss of what did not pertain to human nature, that is, man's integrity, holiness, innocence, and justice. And so, because of sin, the first couple suffered damage to what belongs to human nature. Did you have anything you'd like to add to this, Guillermo? Let's see. Well, how can we describe the difference between the supernatural and preternatural gifts? Because, um, and I'm thinking of um, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. When I think supernatural gifts, what about preternatural? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We have to think about supernatural, right? That is something above nature, right? Yeah. So man's holiness, that is something beyond nature or above nature, right? Mm -hmm. So that is something that is supernatural, the holiness, the fact that the Holy Spirit dwelled within the hearts of the first man and first woman, that's something supernatural. However, when we talk about a preternatural gift, that is something that is belongs to nature but in kind of a excess in a greater quantity than is normal or beyond normal there's a plenitude of it so when we talk about say the knowledge of the first man first woman 
they had a perfection of knowledge okay that corresponds to human nature but it was to an extent that was more so than the first man first woman or maybe mm-hmm. i mean more so than to us today that perfection of knowledge they had wow or that perfection of justice right right we can all become just but there is a this natural this first state of justice that they had that was kind of a super abundance of that made it preternatural. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I sound a little hesitant is because um, I think the next audience is goes into more detail on this topic of um, original justice. Yeah. No, this audience touches on it, of course, as well. Yeah. And part of it, too, is JP2 just smashed a lot of content into this footnote. Yeah, that's true. And I just wanted to bring to people's attention, the audience, the fact that, hey, there are dogmas concerning first man, first woman. And here are some of them that JP2 mentions. It's not an exhaustive list either. We could add more to this. Especially since the dogmas concerning original sin are not up here. Mm-hmm. Like how original sin is propagated and all that. Um, to the interested audience, a lot of this is taught in the Council of Trent. If you do want further references on these, um, John Paul II did a very nice job of stating where at you can find the various teachings and from the different councils. And I refer the audience to pages 239 and 240 of Man and Woman, he created them for those references. All right. Did you have anything you'd like to add, Guillermo? No. All right. Moving on then. Concupiscence as a lack. So concupiscence damaged human nature and placed limitations upon it after the fall. This means then that concupiscence is a lack because there's now a thing about man that fails to correspond to him being made in the image and likeness of God. And this thing is concupiscence. Now, JP2 does not use the term privation, but I think that applies here. So in scholastic terminology, we would say concupiscence is a privation precisely because it is a lack of something that was originally present. Human nature are the first man, first woman did not have limitations placed upon them until they disobeyed God. And so that was when we had the introduction of concupiscence. And with that, this lack in our nature, because now there's limitations. This is something that did not exist before the fall. So it seemed then that a privation would be a proper use of the term here. But as I said, JP2 does not use that term. He just uses lack. Now, nakedness. 
In original innocence, nakedness expressed a fullness, the full acceptance of the body. And this original acceptance included man's acceptance of the world and his stewardship to rule over it. Hmm. We got a typo right here. In original sin, the nakedness then expresses a lack of this acceptance so original sin the nakedness and original sin is going to be then we're going to have this trouble accepting our body and its full meaning mm -hmm. and our place in the world and our ruling over the world so we got kind of three levels right here where original sin and concupiscence cast doubt upon nakedness and the meaning of man and his body. Interesting how, how do you doubt someone? How do you doubt someone's meaning in his or her person? What I was trying to wrap my head around is that when it comes to original nakedness, nakedness reveals the body and the body reveals the person. And we know that the person exists in communio personarum, meaning what comes with our creation as we are. There's this hermeneutic of gift. You take that whole line of... um these ways that we that identify how we were made that's um i don't know if broken is the right word it's twisted the reason why i say twisted rather than broken is because well the line's still there but we don't experience it as such now going back to the concept of gift though that is since persons are made uh for gift uh, to each other, and obviously, um, most especially, uh, most specific, specifically in the relationship between man and woman, husband and wife, we still experience something there in that kind of relationship that simply wasn't there in the beginning. In other words, what comes to mind is. We don't experience that um does that that offering of one's body to the other person rather in quote unquote instinctively we feel the need to take from the other person. So it goes from a hermeneutic of gift to what I would phrase as a hermeneutic of take. That's what we experience in concupiscence, despite that the line of um, the ways in which we identify, that line's still there. Yeah. The experience is different from giving to taking. Yeah. I don't really want to say much on that since that is kind of foreshadowing what yeah. we're going to be getting at with about audience 31, 32, okay. especially kind of the language 
instead of gift, it becomes appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, that's good. What I, um, yeah, there's this radical change. Exactly. In the significance of nakedness. Exactly. Yeah. And our objective is uncovering all mm, yes. of those faucets of that radical change. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I do like how you introduced this change from a hermeneutic of gift to a hermeneutic of take. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something we just need to keep in the back of our minds as we work through the text together. And the future audiences here rather shortly, they will help make this more explicitly clear how it becomes a hermeneutic of take. Without, hopefully I'm not jumping too far ahead, but maybe that hermeneutic of take is the hermeneutic hermeneutic of doubt because we know uh, this other person is going to want to take from me. Therefore, I'm going to doubt maybe Mm -hmm. their intentions or their approach or disposition. That is really jumping. Okay. Yeah. We'll, We'll have a lot of interesting things to say about that. Okay. In fact, there's a popular modern philosopher that I'm bringing into discussion with that. Excellent. All right. With that, let's move on. All right. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Quote, I was afraid because I am naked and I hid myself. End quote. This text indicates radical change in the self-understanding of the first man. The verse expresses a lot of things, and this includes a loss in the certainty of the body to express the image of God, a loss of the sense of the of man's right to participate in the visible world. And this right, we know, is rooted in man's innermost, innermost being. It's a participation in God's original vision of creation. So this loss of sense of the sense of right of participating creation is a loss of man's sense of God's vision for man and creation. And so there is a breakdown in the original acceptance of the body as a sign of the person in the world and that breakdown in the original acceptance by the world of man. So man has trouble accepting the world. The world also has trouble accepting man. There is now hostility between man and the world. And we see this in verses 17, 18, and 19. And this hostility and the struggle between the world and man ends with man's death. That's one of the consequences of original sin is that now man will die. And so this verse 10 also expresses an awareness now of man's defenselessness and insecurity over his body in the face of nature. And JP2 is going to call this cosmic shame. So one thing to note here is in these audiences, this one and the next couple, 
JP2 is going to distinguish between two types of shame. And verse 10 here on a first pass shows what we're going to call a cosmic shame. The reason why we're calling it cosmic shame is because it's kind of a shame of the cosmos, right? A fear over the cosmos. And so you have to hide, you have to protect yourself. Um, did you have anything you want to add, Guillermo? No, I don't. I believe this is the end then. Thank you for watching our video. If you have been enjoying our content, please subscribe to our social media and consider making a financial donation. Your financial support goes towards maintaining our website and the purchase of resources so we can continue providing great content for you. You can support us financially through either PayPal or Patreon. Um, speaking of great resources for you, our website has a plethora of articles on a variety of topics that you can check out. And we also have a podcast. Guillermo, do you have more information about our podcast? Yes, on our podcast series, we talk, so uh, besides the theology of the body, we do talk about other topics, topics um, uh, usually trending, uh, uh, topics about trends in culture, politics, and so forth, always through a the lens of Catholic personalism. And we upload our episodes onto buzzsprout.com. You can find the link to our page on the La Novella Spree website, and you can listen to us on Buzzsprout itself, or you can use it to access our episodes on other popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. All right. Thank you for that, Guillermo. Mm -hmm. um, just be clear with everyone, if you are interested in finding us on social media, go to lednovelspreet.com slash subscribe. That's where you can find all of our various social media profiles. Please like and share our content. Any last words, Guillermo? I would just like to ask all of our listeners and viewers to keep us and our mission in your prayers. Yep. Please continue praying for us. It is a lot that we do yeah. with the website. Your prayers are greatly appreciated. And with that, I am going to say goodbye now. Bye, everyone. God bless.